Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask does not Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and talk about sexuality. It's your boy, your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, also known as Sebastian's Adams, depending on how you found me. On today's episode, I have the beautiful, the courageous, the wonderful, the amazing Shanetti. Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> you just had to go to Shanetti route, didn't you? I did. It's well, like, I'm good to be here, Vernon. It's not like everybody doesn't know who the hell you are. It's Hello, that's right? how you that's how you pronounce her name. Everybody who's new to the show, it is Shanetti. No, it's Shanette. Don't don't let him get yourselves hurt. <laughs> also known as the beautiful Shane. Mm-hmm. So today we are talking about mental health and relationships. And I just want to start the conversation just by handing it all over to Shane to get us started. Um, I just start this off, though. Mental health relationships. I just think it's all about being in your right mindset mm-hmm. before you start off in a relationship. Don't rush it. If it feels off or you don't feel ready, express that. Communicate that to your partner and go from there. I do believe communication is a important aspect of any relationship rather be friendship co like working or personal and intimate relationships communication sometimes you're going to drop the ball it happens sometimes you'll forget to actually say hey i'm doing this at such and such time or or asking someone if they can do it for you that happens but just don't make it a habit right i think i think the reason why uh communication is so poor uh in many communities and just across the globe i might as well say is that we are not raised or even taught how to communicate with each other Mm-mm. all examples that we have related to communication is something that we see on like tv and we see how people react um that way or what we see in our own families and our families are in re- always um based in knowing proper communication styles like you have those families where the only way that you communicate is to is by yelling the only way to show that you love uh, somebody else is for some people is to be absent and only show up for that one special day so it's mm-hmm. like having having the expectation of knowing uh, of being able to communicate properly is it's already a high expectations not saying that you shouldn't have that but it's just you have to be willing to go into a romantic situation knowing that that's a barrier for many people. 
Uh, and yes, you can gauge communication styles just by trying to have conversation, but also be cognizant of where you stand when it comes to communication, where you stand when it comes to your interpretation of other people's messaging. And also ask questions to people because mm-hmm. we all come from different backgrounds. So we have different uh, definitions for different word words. So it's like, like within the black community, uh, com- community, oh my Lord, I can call somebody a bitch different ways and it can be friendly, it can be aggressive, it can be disrespectful, or it can just be loving, depending on the inflection or where, um, where I come from culturally. Uh, I can have the same friendly uh, inflection with somebody and they mm-hmm. come from a different city and I try to engage with that person in that manner, they're offended because they're not used to that. Uh, that's yeah. like when um, I was talking to a former supervisor and she was like, she feels bad using her Brooklyn uh, lingo or, or New York lingo of saying mm-hmm. use guys because so many people are trying to be very uh, open about diversity and not include everybody as like a guy, but it's just the lingo of her culture. Yeah. So it's just, it's, 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 it's a lot going on when it comes to communication. So how do you feel about mental health within the Black community? It's a tragedy. Mm. And I say that because, like, I know a lot of people growing up, personally, I can't speak for other regions, we weren't really taught how to prioritize and take our mental health seriously. Mm. We were always told, and I hate this line, to pray about it. Cha. (laughs) And it's just, I'm like, we actually needed help. A lot of us mentally needed help. And we were just told to pray about it. And that that's that's like, I don't know how many times in my life I've heard the phrase, prayer without work is dead. Yeah. But then whenever there's something serious that comes up, um, then the only thing you're told to do is just pray about it. Mm -hmm. Where's the work side at that point? So you're telling me that because I'm suffering right now, all I have to do is just continue to pray, continue to pray, continue to pray. Well, I need to know what work I have to do. If you want me to uh, pray, if you, if you know that prayer without work is dead and you're telling me to pray. So what you're telling me is that all I'm going to do is continue to suffer because I don't know what steps I have to fix. I don't know where I need to go. I don't know what motions I need to be making Mm -hmm. in order for me to work on this. All I know is pray, pray, pray. Yeah. It's just tiring, you know, like you want help. You ask for help. They hit you to church. Mm-hmm. Seeing a therapist, somehow you are crazy. You know, it's just mm-hmm. an emotional thing. Like you express you, you're not feeling well mentally and you're not taken seriously at all. Like I've had moments in my life where I'll, I'll actually turn to family. Uh, most definitely when I was in uh, my Geico days and you know how depressed I was then. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a lot of trauma from working uh, at Geico and um, I came to family members and let them know hey um, well I'm speaking of a specific person in this moment uh, not all of them but and it was like hey this is not me saying that I'm uh, trying to come home or anything like that it's just right now I, I'm just not feeling good I'm super depressed at this job uh, might just end up quitting. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a backup plan. Again, this is me just telling you what, what's going on. 
And the response I receive is, well, we all have depressing days. You yep. just have to deal with it. And I'm like, what you told me in that moment is I can't come to you whenever I really need yeah. some type of validation about what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I can't come to you to tell you of my inner pain because I'm not safe with you listening to what's going on. No. Have you experienced something like that? Yes and no. Um, in the beginning, before I was able to, to get proper help, they was like, oh, you're just being sad. I was also going through puberty. Like, oh, it's just puberty. It's how they explain a lot of things when girls go through something like, oh, it's just your hormones, your emotions getting to you. It wasn't until I started having like really bad, like anxiety attacks. Mm. Like they were crippling and like, because how anxiety attacks work, they take, you can't breathe right. They'll, one actually triggered an asthma attack. Mm. So it was like, because my breathing was off now, then I spiraled out into a full attack. That's when they took me to the doctor and the doctor was like, are you okay? Like when I was healing, the nurse was like, are you okay? I was like, I was just explaining. Like I was just not feeling good. I wasn't, I, according to her, I explained everything for an anxiety attack first. And that's when they took it to my mother who was like, what are you talking about? She's okay. No classic parent thing. And then they're like, is there anything going on in her life? Now there was a lot of things going on in my life as a kid. That was, oof, it was a lot. But yeah, when she, when the doctors finally told her like, your daughter needs help. They started to take me to a military family psychologist. Mm-hmm. And like, that's when I, I got my first dosage of anti, like antidepressants and anxiety medication. I was about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, I was diagnosed. I was, I'm on the spectrum with Asperger's. So I was actually, I was struggling with trying to understand basic human shit. And I felt wrong because I didn't understand these things. It was just piling up. I was like, I can't understand why people are upset or why I can't, I don't understand people, human emotions too well. I don't do really good in a lot of social interactions and this, a lot of things I just did not understand, but I was talked to in a condescending manner because I didn't understand these things saying that I should have understood these things. And it's like, I really don't know. So I spent some time in my room crying because like I wanted to understand, but I couldn't properly understand. And then when they finally told my parents, like your daughter has Asperger's, she's is now, a, I'm, I'm not sure if they really changed. I mean, like took Asperger's away or just added flat out to the spectrum, but it's essentially a high functioning autistic. Mm. So they finally, they had to educate themselves too, because a lot of people, when they heard autistic, they automatically thought about people who are severe, those who need an assistant with them, a caregiver. So yeah, growing up, they didn't understand the full scope of autism when I was growing up either. Even we still don't understand it now, but it's a lot better than when it was when I was a kid. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 16, which is apparently very common in girls. It's terrible. So like my mental health journey was farly overlooked until I was in my late teens. Mm. Like I had to deal with a lot of shit on my own because everything that I was experiencing, they brushed off as just me being a girl. So I started, I, like I said, I started my first therapy sessions psychology, with the psychologist when I was 14. And like, then I got a therapist. Like I went through the whole shaboodle growing up. Like it was rough. And then when I got to college, it was a little bit better. 
but I still had, I also suffer from severe depression. Mm-hmm. Even now I have bouts of it. I even told my boyfriend, like, I, I feel it. Like I'm just not in the mood and he just goes with, it. he doesn't know what to do to help. I'm like, there's not much I can do, but just get up and go about my day. Yes. And he was like, okay, but he tries to make those days a little bit more active. Like we just don't sit around the house. Like we go on a walk, we go uh, tend to the chickens. We take the dogs on a walk. We go to a park. Like he tries to make those days a little bit more interactive and active for me. Mm -hmm. That way I have other things to think about than just sit around in my own thoughts which I really appreciate because that is actually what you're supposed to do when you're in bouts of depression. You're supposed to create things to do and not sit around. Yes. So, which is why I find like talking about mental health and communicating your needs with your partner is very important. While they cannot help you in, a, in some sense, but they can also help you. Like he also has some, some issues. He has traumas from growing up. And I help him with some of those. And I tell him, that's not normal. Like what you experienced in your childhood is not normal. And he's understanding now. Like that's not normal. Like his parents were trash. I tell him this to his face all the time. Like your parents are trash. That's not normal behavior. That's not something you should have experienced as a kid. And And he's accepting that. So it's just communicating and then just being there for each other when you're going through bouts of your own mental uh, struggles. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. Communicating and then just being there for each other when you're going through bouts of your own mental uh, struggles. Like before he started his new job, he was actually very nervous. He was very anxious. And like, I felt he needed me. So like I recently had like a, a meeting plan with someone to talk about some stuff I rescheduled in a heartbeat I'm like I will we can do this to the next day which we did we ended up doing it the next day but something came up and we went out we, we went to Denny's because I never went to Denny's that day it was quite disappointing <laughs> but we went to Denny's and um he talked it out he, he even thanked me for going going out with him it made him feel better so it's like he's not ashamed or scared to tell me that he just needs me nearby Oh. And, I, and I appreciate that because like I don't want to go off and he's here struggling alone mm-hmm. I'm like if I can help because if I can help in any way even it's just by being there I'm going to try like that. so that's why that's why I always advocate take care of yourself first before you get in a relationship that way you know how to properly communicate your needs learn how to communicate learn about your own struggles what works for you what does not work for you 
if something triggers you, learn how to, I wouldn't say deal with it. It's more like just cope with it because a lot of things you can't get rid of or just talk your way past. You have to learn how to handle it, mm. which is why it's like talk to your partner. They can help you help yourself in some to a certain extent. Like your your partner is not your fucking therapist. I mean, entire people like I just talked to my girlfriend and my boyfriend. Amen. That is not their job to handle your emotional and mental baggage. Amen. Like they can help you, but it's not their job to help you. You need someone who knows what they're doing and what they're talking about, and who can actually guide you through that struggle you're going through. Yes. Mm. Like, don't like you can talk to your partner. I'm not saying that because I very much about communication. Just don't throw all your issues onto them. Mm-hmm. Like, don't treat them like some emotional sponge and they're meant to hold that shit in. Sponges have to be released at some point or they go bad. Mm. Like, if you're doing dishes, you don't leave all the water in your sponge. You squeeze that shit as tight as you can so it lasts a little bit longer. It doesn't smell. That's the same thing with, with relationships, whether it's your significant other or friends. Like, yeah, your f- people who care about you are there to support you, but they can't help you help yourself unless you actually take that step to talk to someone who is professionally trained to do so. Because a lot of them, they, a lot of therapists and psychologists and, and people like that, they have specialties. One of the ones I encountered was those who dealt with military kids because Mm. we had growing up my dad was deployed quite a bit that actually played a bit into my anger and anxiety and my depression we have a different coping and mindset about it like we're fearing for our parents lives and like other things and stuff like that and then on top of that regular life so they had specialists for military kids Then when I got to Mercer, it was deemed that I was, if I were to have a break, which I haven't had in years, I am deemed unsafe to myself and others. So the caps on Mercer could not help me had to go off campus, which they will recommend someone who they consider high risk to a professional off campus. And that, and it was, I was ashamed to admit that it's like, I'm deemed high risk. But when my therapist broke it down, they were like, you've been through a lot. Your family has been through a lot. I, like I told you, I, I took the brunt of a lot of my family's criticism, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. I was the brunt of it. Like I took a good chunk of it into myself and I carry that. Mm-hmm. My therapist was like that much anger in one person makes you dangerous because only it takes one good snap and I'm punching. Like I'm doing a lot of damage in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I worked through that. I first, I went through anger management, even though I wasn't like prone to angry, like anger, like angry outbursts and stuff like that. I'm saying anger a lot. I do <laughs> repeat words when I do get into like a state. Um, hmm? I said it's all good. But yeah, I had to go through anger management because that's one key of helping myself when I do feel like I'm about to break. I know how to calm myself and not give into that anger. And then I went through like the rest of therapy, like emotional and mental and stuff like that. We did emotional first because I didn't understand my own emotions because it's harder for me to understand emotions because with Asperger's, a lot of us can't really understand a lot of the emotions that we're feeling. 
they're foreign to us. Like we know them because books, basic children books teach us emotions, anger, sadness. Like we know them, but we don't know them. Like we don't understand it. And since I, like, I was so confused with my own feelings, they had to work through that too. Before we can get into the mental part of it, I had to work on every step that led into my mental problems. That way we can handle my mental problems, which is why I mean, people like, I went to therapy, it didn't work. How long did you go? They, it, it was like a month. I'm like, you didn't go long enough. <laughs> a month? Therapy is not like, boom, you take a pill and you're suddenly healed. No, you got to mm-hmm. work at it. You got to keep going. It's like, I explained it to one of my cousins, like playing a sport for the first time. Yeah, you might have some good shots. You may just get lucky here and there, but you have to work at that to build up a skill. And he understood it better when I explained it like that because it's not an instantaneous thing. Mm-mm. It's not like cooking a pot of ramen. You just water, noodles, seasoning packet, boom. Everything's all good and dandy. It's a, it's a lot of unpacking that you have to do, mm-hmm. a lot of reprogramming programming of yourself, of yeah. what, figuring out, who you are, who, uh, what's the identity that you are most, you feel most true with. Like you even said, knowing what your emotions are, knowing uh, how to react with the mm-hmm. emotions, how to control yourself. It is so much that goes into therapy, mm-hmm. knowing what triggers you, knowing what um, certain tra- childhood traumas are still alive in you from for today. Like that is not something that you have just one conversation and think that, oh, Mm-mm. I'm fixed. No, you're not going. Therapy doesn't fix people. Therapy brings you to your re, your actual reality. Mm-hmm. It's your reckoning of knowing who you are and knowing what is impacting you, what has impacted you, what can motivate you to your furthest growth or whatever the case may be. It's a healing process. It's not a fix. So Shane, there was something that you mentioned earlier on um, that I kind of want to to touch base on mm-hmm. when you were talking about how, you know, uh, it was two things actually about, you know, suffering in silence and then also being your uh, significant others, friends, your partners, whatever relationship it is, being their therapist. So um, I was thinking about how many of our parents, uh, especially a lot of our mothers, uh, suffered in silence mm-hmm. you know, when it came to whatever was going on in their in the oh sorry within the relationship. How they would not properly communicate that with their siblings, or communicate that with their spouse. Communi- well, some may have communicated that with their children. That's some, another topic that I don't I, we can go into. Yeah. But you know, that's something else. But what are some of your thoughts on that? Like how the mother's suffering in silence? Mm-hmm. Just suffering in silence in general. Yeah. It's something that's been like present in our country. Because I want to talk about ours mm-hmm. for decades. That was actually applauded at one point, I believe. Oh, are you still being applauded today? Yeah. Like, I've, yeah, because I have older, older, like old family members who are like, I miss the days when women were like the rock and the foundation of the family. Mm. And I'm like, at what cost were they the rock of the family? Because now a lot of us are speaking up. We're not staying silent anymore and just following the shadows. No, we're making our voices heard. We're arguing back. We're saying what we want and don't want. And I'm thinking a lot of people are upset about that shift because we're no longer going to be suffering in silence. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I think, I think, cause you know, change is scary for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And when you are in a culture that says that you should suffer in a way that it's the cost of existing or it's the cost of me being within your lifestyle or whatever the case may be, the cost of your freedom is for you to suffer in a way. I don't want it. I don't want it because if I have to be in pain just to be happy, that cost doesn't seem enough. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem like, I hate the fact that we were socialized and indoctrinized or whatever the word that you want to be to believe that life is not fair. Uh, A lot of unfair things do happen in life, but that's a choice that you make. You have the choice to uh, not treat people equitably. You have the choice, you make the choice to not treat people fairly. I even remember back uh, in instances where I know I have a lot of stuff going on in my life and I talk to like a professor or somebody about what's going on, why I need some additional time on this, that, and the third. And they're just like, well, I can't give you that. And I'm like, why not? Because life is not fair. And I'm like, you're making an option to do this. You're choosing Mm -hmm. to not give me a chance to make myself better because you feel as though I should suffer because that was something that you had to go through or that was your experience going through this process or this, that, and the third. Like we make suffering uh, a normal part of life rather than Mm -hmm. something that happens because of certain circumstances that someone may fall in. Yeah. We, 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 we make it something we make it seem as though it's something that we choose when it's something that is often forced upon us yeah like you're playing uno with your family someone lays down that draw four and it becomes a cycle of who's about to everyone's laying on their own and you have to be the one to get got now that's unfair mm, facts that's something or like you want a chocolate ice cream but the last one is already so all they have is vanilla and strawberry that's unfair being an asshole to someone because of stupid circumstances, that's a choice. It's always a choice. Like, yeah, sometimes you want to go to the grocery store, but they close before you get off. That's a little bit unfair. But that's not the grocery store's fault because they got hours. It's like we all do. Mm-hmm. So it's just life can be unfair, like especially in circumstances out of your control. But if someone, but if you have the option of doing something good for someone, but you just choose to be a dick that person instead that's different Mm -hmm. so it's just circumstances but it still doesn't mean you have to suffer in silence Mm -hmm. like we have a friend group where we vent to each other like we don't ask each other for like professional help or anything like that we just vent you're allowed to be frustrated Mm -hmm. you're allowed to be pissed about something stupid that happens we vent in the group chat all the time. Me and our other friend who works in other in education, we vent all the damn time because Child. we get tired of shit. Child, speaking of which, I need a message her back. Like it is, it is our space. Like I, I hate that we're told that you is um, not to complain. You should be grateful. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to complain. I'm going oh, yeah. to raise my voice. Uh, well, not yell at anybody, but I'm going to pitch my concern. Make my voice be heard because saying don't complain just means that i'm i'm silence is complicit is meaning that you're complicit with things that you're okay with and if i'm not okay i I need to vocalize that and i need to complain i need to say that this is not okay because if not 
nothing's going to change. You you mm-hmm. can't expect anything to change or get better if you don't br- uh, bring light to it. Mm-hmm. Like even in my, because I know I, I gave a lot of people hell in my last, like a lot of my professional roles, because if something's not, if the math ain't mathing, I'm going to say something about it. And it's not me mm-hmm. coming from having more education or anything like that. It's just, my brain operates in a way that it connects dots and it's very effective. And I if like it. If it don't make sense, it don't make sense. If it ain't, if it if it's not making sense, it's not making sense. Can somebody blue or red don't why? make yellow? Wait, what? Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, blue and red don't make yellow. It's like what color do they make green? Wait, no, purple. Woo! <laughs> I almost I, look. <laughs> you could judge me on Jesus. that one. You could judge me on that one. I take that. I take the hit on that one. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of the episode. <laughs> but like, but yeah, mm-hmm. like it was a journey for me to realize I'm not crazy just because I see a therapist, has several psychologists, been on most like medication before. So it's like I'm just living. I'm just trying my best. Mm-hmm. I'm trying my best to make it through it. I'm fortunate to have a partner who's willing to go through it with me when it does happen. Because there are days I just want to lay down. Girl. I tell him to stop talking to me and let me lay here. And he'll leave me alone for a bit. Like, like it's nothing against him. It's just, I need a moment of peace. Like and he just, and he understands it. Like, I'm not pushing him away. I'm not telling him to leave me alone. I just need a little space. Mm-hmm. I, I, I... And he gives me that. And I will argue that's one of the things that make your relationship very healthy. Like that's that's a clear, understood boundary when you're in those mm-hmm. uh, moments that he respect that. And a lot of people, most definitely when it comes to boundaries, uh, because we don't talk about those enough, uh, when you do set those within your relationship, all hell can either break loose or somebody just uh, misunderstands whatever the hell. You don't love on. me. What? No, that's not what's going on. I just want some space from you to myself, which is perfectly fine and very healthy and very okay. That's like when it comes to my Saturdays, um, that's my self-care day. Uh, Mm -hmm. I typically don't plan anything. Don't, I actually don't want to see people that day. I understand. I support. (laughs) I stay in it. Like, I don't even want family to call me. Granted, they probably might. And if somebody wants to go out somewhere, I'm just going to tell them I'm in for the day and it's like two o'clock because I don't want to go outside. I don't want to be anywhere because I've been providing so much of my energy to so much other things throughout the week. Mm -hmm. I just want this day for myself and just understand it's not about you. This is just me trying to recharge. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand until they either go on their mental health journey or a spiritual journey or whatever the case may be. They end up getting to that point where they understand, oh, I do need alone time sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do need space. I don't, I don't have to be all up under my partner all the time or mm-hmm my siblings, my uh, aunts, my uncles, my mom, my dad, whatever. I need that alone time for myself. I told him straight up when we first started dating, I'm like, I'm, there's going to be days I just want to look at you. He thought I was joking at first. I'm like, no, there will be days I don't want a single fucking thing to do with you. It's like, I'm like this with everybody. So don't think it's just you. I'm like that with my parents and my siblings. I was like that with Brittany when we lived together. I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> you don't exist to me 
because I just want a moment to myself mm-hmm. just to get that mental recharge. Like, I don't really, I love him to pieces and he understood and respects that. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to lay down some bit. Just going to lay here. Don't touch me. Sometimes he'll sit nearby or he'll go off and do something else, but he just lets me be until like I come to him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'll come in, he's like, do you want anything to drink? Are you hungry? I'll, sometimes I'll answer yes or no, and he'll bring me something if I did want something. Other than that, he leaves me alone until I venture out and go to him. That's like um, when I think about some of the times I was coaching somebody, you know, past clients and whatnot mm-hmm. and um, they will be asking me about what is self-care and what and I'm like I can't define that for you that's something that you mm-hmm. have to define for yourself and then even let them know sometimes self-care looks toxic sometimes toxic behaviors equals self-care it depends on what you want to do or who you are and what makes you happy what makes you fulfilled and I always remember whenever you know because I, I had this conversation with a friend recently uh, telling her about how self-care can look toxic. Uh, well, how a toxic behavior can be part of your self-care, like something that is like a fatty day, just going out, pigging out, binging on this, that, and the third, how that can be a part of your self-care. And it's like, that's not something that you want to indulge in on a regular basis. Yeah. But sometimes you just need that. You just mm-hmm. need to experience that feeling. And if that's going to do a good to you mentally, then accept that. Just don't make that a regular thing that you do every weekend because that's yeah. when it becomes a harm. Uh, if, it, if it's indulging in that cigarette, if you, if not, if you don't have an, addic- an uh, addiction. Addiction, you, yeah. T- just smoke your cigarette. Enjoy it. Bask in that puff. And it's okay. Sometimes you just need that. That's, that's what social drinking or social... Uh, smoking is is taking that opportunity just to bask in the ambiance of something that you like even if it is something that other people are like oh no that's not healthy Mm -hmm. okay they're doing something that doesn't seem uh, healthy to you yeah like oh my wrist itch (laughs) sometimes our self-care days is just lounging around and watching movies all day Mm. i i actually uh do we do spa days because of me sometimes he's never had one i'm like you never had a full like body you just take care of your skin and your entire body he's like no we start off with the nice soak in the tub he has his massive ass tub it's great i throw in like the epsom salt bubble bath the bubbles last forever with the bath bomb with the we do with the nice little sugar scrub then we get out because the steam if has opened up our pores we do like we wash our face do a pore strip then a mask like a sheet mask and we do we finish it out with the um, the gel and the cream moisturizer, and we're done. And we lotion our bodies. He has never had anyone do that with him. I'm like, what? Child, I'll be honest, I haven't either. I need to now do that. he's like, if we go on like a long hike or we're doing work in the yard, he's like, we can do a sugar scrub. I'm like, you really like these sugar scrubs, I see. <laughs> he loves the sugar scrub. He likes how smooth it makes our skin. Yes. So, like, for us, self-care is, like, spa days together or just working together. Like, we'll do like we'll do some yard work. We just planted some uh, bush, like, rose bushes and some other plants in the front yard. We're planning on building a dresser at some point. He likes making things with his hands. That's literally his, his self-care. Mm. And I will help out in that because that <clears> makes <throat> him happy. 
I can't really build shit to save my goddamn life, but I will do stuff he allows me to do that doesn't involve the cutting. Like, that's what he likes to do. And I'm like, okay, I support. It's something that that you like doing. It helps you think. You're calm during the whole process. By all means, yeah, I'll support. I'll help in any way that I can. Like, I normally do, like, the staining and the cleaning off the um, sawdust and make, like, sandpaper in it to make it smooth mm-hmm. then, like i'll hold stuff in place for him as he puts it like drills bits into it but yeah mm-hmm. so it's like self-care comes in all forms our self-care is mostly healthy mm-hmm. there are days where it's like we just want food Indulge. like <laughs> like i've been struggling with my weight when he's like it's fine you look great but i don't want to get any bigger mm-hmm. like i look great for my weight it's just i don't like my weight mm-hmm so it's just like, I just want to lose like 50 pounds. And I'll be fine with my life. And then you could indulge a little bit more often. No, I'll still indulge. <laughs> I have to work out a little bit more. Understood. Oh, that's what you call a very, very healthy relationship, people. Very mm-hmm. healthy. Take notes. <laughs> Take the fucking notes. So it yeah. won't be the Holy Liquid podcast if we don't talk about sex. So yeah. <laughs> since we are wrapping up, I'm just going to pull out one of these sex cards that i have also here. communicate during sex let your partner know what you are with and what you aren't with facts like that's that's also part of your mental health if you know you struggle with some things don't wait until the last minute to tell them mm-hmm. like let them know straight up because you being triggered in the middle of sex can can probably harm your relationship because they will freak the fuck out <laughs> They won't know what because I know for. I would. I'm like, oh fuck, are you dying? I need to call nine one one. Right, you have to communicate, people. Communicate, communication like and trust. It goes a long way. Yeah, like there's there's shit he does. I wouldn't. I trust him with. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I, I trust you not to kill me. So let's go. <laughs> so Shane, this is the question: What kinds of flirting do you find irresistible? Is it eye contact, a great smile, or witty banner? Uh, what's the best pickup line you've uh, you've ever heard and the worst? I see something that's, I like eye contact and a smile. Mm-hmm. Like there are times, okay, sometimes it does freak me out a little bit. I'll look up, he's just staring at me. But sometimes he was, but it's the way he explains it. He's like, you just look so adorable sitting there. Or sometimes I find myself staring at him and his. And it's like simple things that he does. So it's just, shut up, you. This is so adorable. So it's just in the beginning, it was the eye contact and the smiling and the fact that he listened. Mm-hmm. And I listened to him. So it's just communicating. Like we absolutely adored communicating with each other because it was funny one day. Because there was one day he, when he bought these two flowers to go out front. I had this whole color scheme going on and this motherfucker pops up with two plants that are going to grow in these bushes. Purple and pink. Don't get me wrong, it matches the color scheme of the roses that I picked up. Mm-hmm. But these things look so scraggly. I'm like, what the hell are these? <laughs> he didn't tell me that he bought them. And I'm like, what the hell are these? And he was like, I bought them. I thought they were pretty. I'm like, you know what? You like them. This is also your garden. We're going to keep him. He was like, he was like, I can get rid of you. Don't want. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
you like these bushes? I may not know what the hell they are. They look like mutants. <laughs> but you like these. Because the way he spoke about them just told me he liked them. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we can keep them. Well, they, they'll grow on me. Have they grown on you? No. But... <laughs> <laughs> but he likes them so i'm like you know what we'll keep it no like you know what it's also like reading your partner's body language because sometimes they don't know how to properly communicate because this man is i just want to throw him in the the river some days because he'll jump in the middle of a story of telling me shit i'm like i'm like uh what every time i'm like what i'm like sir you better give me an introduction to this damn story because i don't know what you're talking about but come to find that's part of his this that's how he coped growing up to get to have people hear him he just jumped into the middle of it that forces them to ask questions oh and i have to constantly like i am not your family i will listen to you from beginning to end i am not that i am not those people so like he has to he has to cope and like how to properly be in a relationship with someone who will actually communicate with him. I'm about to cry. And it's like, sir. <laughs> he was like, yeah. So we went down and then like, the what? Who is who? What are you talking about? <laughs> I get so confused. I look so lost. I'm like, baby, please, start from the beginning. Give me information. But yeah, we communicate. So I do find staring, like looking at him adorable sometimes. The best pickup line, haven't heard one yet. Mm, I'm on that. Hmm? I said I'm on that uh, on that side of things. The worst one hey, is, can make an, is can make an ice cream sandwich me between your legs. I'm like. The fuck? I'm like, sir, did you just ask me this question? The fuck? Yeah, think about that, Bernie. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm legit stuck. Like, who? I'm, I'm going to have to edit that uh, long pause, but I'm keeping the pause in there. But good God, the fuck, honey. Just let y'all know, because when I do go back and edit this, it was a good twenty second to like forty second pause. Because what? (laughs) (laughs) Just looking at your face, you look confused and dazed, like I was. I'm like. And this motherfucker had the audacity to say it in person. I'm like, like I give you mad props for saying this shit in person, but I got a gun. Like I can make a, I, we can work, we can make a um busted ass nigga pie. Like the fuck, I'm joking. We're not, we're not advocating about violence on the Hulu podcast. We don't do that. Punch a bitch in the face, right? Like we be all about running hands. Don't pull up with weapons. Please don't. Please don't. But we also grew up differently than a lot of people, a lot of the kids coming up now. They quick to draw a weapon. Meanwhile, us, if you pull a weapon, you a bitch. Ain't it? Like, <laughs> look, you, you out here with the gun and you talking about you big and bad. Oh, you only powerful because you got the gun in your hand. Remove the gun. Remove Man, the gun. Let's see what you got. Tragic Let's see as, what the it, fuck you got. as it is, toddlers have killed people with guns by accident. Facts. That's tragic, but that just shows anyone can do damage with a gun. Not many people are gonna win a fight against a bullet. It's gonna leave some damage, even if you survive. You're gonna have that scar. You might have some permanent muscle or nerve damage. It's gonna leave some damage. 
Just pull up with your hands. That's all. Just yeah, I'm like, bro, we want to go home after this. What are you talking about? If I lose, I lose. Yeah, I got my ass whooped. That's fine. But the thing is, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got beat up by, by grown ass men to learn how to fight. My uncle's like, I'm gonna learn how to fight, damn it. <laughs> Child, most of my cousins was like six plus years older than me. And those niggas have hard hands. Oh, shit, half my family got hard hands. Mm-hmm. So heavy handed. You have look. I could take a hit and I could throw one back. Like what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god, now now I want to fight. I'm <laughs> your ass down. <laughs> Lord, nah, because niggas got guns these days. Can't be out here fighting. Mm-hmm. And um, bruised egos get you shot. So. That's where we are today in this society. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. I even answer, uh, answer this question myself. Um, pickup line, my best one. I have none. The worst is what I heard today. Um, for me, <laughs> <laughs> like, good God. So, um, just deliver that shit with the finesse of a, a this smoothness. I'm like, the hell? Right, like I would low key the quickest thing. Like, if you introduce kinks in the middle of a conversation with me, I'm automatically turned on, and there's a whole uh, a greater chance of me falling for you, or mm. um, than any other person. Like, I could be in a room with twenty people doing speed dating, and if you come at me and you start talking about kinks and uh exploration and shit like that oh you already won me over what's up what are we doing what you want to talk about i don't, nobody else is in the room at this time <laughs> and then after that it depends on uh if i'm actually physically attracted to you but the kinks is the thing that sold you first but yeah um this has been an interesting conversation hmm. Low-key, there was a point I was uh, literally about to be like, Shane, you know what? You just closed the episode. That's it. That is it. The episode <laughs> is done. Like, it's like, that was the, that was the podcast. That was it. Like, that was all up there. <laughs> but, you know, trying to get that hour in. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note, let me actually close out this damn episode. Again, Shane, thank you so much. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Love you so much. I love Uh, you too, Vernon. We've been through so much. So much, so much. It's (laughs) life, y'all. Life is crazy. Uh, As for everyone who is listening, thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and talk about sexuality. You are loved. You are appreciated. Please like, subscribe, follow on social media pages the uh, all that other fancy shit comment on youtube please because i I cannot see most of these reviews and whatnot on these other podcasting apps but i actually respond to people on youtube like genuinely respond to people on youtube so definitely message there but thank you all so much for your support you are loved i'll catch y'all next episode bye-bye If you or someone you know and love are battling with thoughts of suicide, we ask that you reach out and talk to someone. You are not alone. I have battled with similar thoughts, so I understand how you are feeling in this moment. You are not weak. You are not a burden. You are a person with valid pain and experiences. You are loved.
If you are in that headspace where you cannot see the brighter side of life or just wanting to end it all, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you're not ready to talk on the phone or if you just prefer to text, the crisis text line can be reached by texting HOME to 741-741. Again, text HOME to 741-741. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, and we hope you're still with us for our next episodes. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.